All right, everyone, I want you to stand up right now. Take out your phones. Take a selfie with your neighbor. It's time to get social. Welcome to the third Amazing Race 28 recap episode of the UR Team Number podcast from Reality TV Warriors. My name is Michael Harmstone, and joining me as ever is the Canadian who always puts on a show, thankfully without twerking, Logan Saunders. Afternoon. And the lady who always takes a while to get a stroke down, Michelle Pierce Denovan. Good morning. <laughs> Such <laughs> contempt for that one. That one was reserved for Ben if he actually bothered joining us. But, but you know, it, it was way too good a reference to not make. I'm sorry, Michelle. I just want to say something before we start. Oh, it's not I six mean, and a half minutes again, is it? Uh, no, 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 no. This is this is much shorter. This is much shorter. Uh, <laughs> I just want to say that the only way that I would podcast is if I podcast with you guys. I, I just want to put that out there. I would only do this with you guys. Well, to be fair, Logan, this is your ninety seventh time podcasting on a Yankcast or RTV Warriors podcast. Ninety seven. Ninety seven. This is number 98 for me, which does mean that next week, thanks to me covering Hell's Kitchen as well, I will top 100. I'll be in triple figures next week. What the hell? Whoa. We do need to do something special, regardless of whoever the hell it is I'm podcasting with next week. <laughs> It'll be sad if there's only one of you, one of us with you. We need to just do a special podcast at some time just to get the 100 in there. Mind you, we have Logan's celebration in a couple of weeks anyway, so... Yes. We can have a delayed celebration for me if you want. Yeah, just, you know, that's what most offices do. You just wait till if two people have a birthday closer together, you save money by uh, combining the two birthdays celebrated on the same day. Don't forget, it's my birthday in like four weeks, by the way, guys. Okay. Oh, okay. I'll send you something. Oh, you shouldn't. I won't. Fine, whatever. I'll send you a roll of cheese. Do I have to <laughs> climb up a hill to get it? onto a giant chair I'll send you hay, you can bail it yourself <laughs> I'll send you a whole tub of fondue it's alright Logan, I'll send you uh, Yeah, I'll send you Tiffany Michelle in July, Logan <laughs> oh no that, if, if me and Tiffany replaced the two guys in Bridges Spots, that movie would be over in the first ten minutes I would just decline the offer to negotiate the deal in fact, I will organise you a dinner party with Tiffany Michelle and Gino and Jesse, and maybe if you're lucky, Tyler Oakley and Corey Cool. So, previously, 11 teams raced to Cartagena in Colombia. Cameron and Darius got off to a rocky start, but it was Marty and Hagen who fell to the back of the pack at the roadblock. At the detour, the aforementioned team dominated and ended up winning the leg. I roll. Scott and Blair overcame their piss-poor speed bump, and despite being ahead of Cameron and Darius, Marty and Hagen left their taxi at the detour decision point, which was enough to make them the first team eliminated from this season. And teams must now head to the Plaza San Diego on foot to search for their next clue. And we have the aforementioned team leaving at 10.05, with Curtin Brody in second at 10.20, Bernie Ashley at 10.26, Dana Ramat at 
Aaron and Jocelyn at 11.35, Zach and Rachel at 11.36, Brittany and Jessica at 11.37, Sherry and Cole at 11.52, Scott and Blair at 11.55, and Cameron and Darius leaving it in last at 12.29. The first unaired, uh, first piece of uh, unaired uh, footage from a previous round. Yeah, I don't know why they did that, because there was no context to it at all. No, it's like, hey, do you guys know that Dane and Matt are the bickering couple? Well, here's something that happened... Uh, uh, the start of last episode that we didn't show you before with them fighting, yay! <laughs> and that was that was that was all the context we were given for the scene. Indecision on the editor's part to not include the footage in the previous episode uh, killed them. Yeah, guys, indecision kills everything. So stupid. And once teams get to the plaza, they have to find the hashtag catacombs. It was Aaron and Jocelyn who called it the hashtag catacombs, I think. No, I think that was written in the clue, because several teams said hashtag catacombs, I thought. Yeah, it gave me a sort of shudder every time I heard them say it. I wonder if there's hashtags in front of a lot of the things on their clues. Probably. Oh, because teams have to read the clue aloud for the camera on TV. So if you work in hashtags... You're forced to say those hashtagged words that hopefully catch on on Twitter. Yeah, but nothing mm. this leg would ever beat hashtag Bezos for pesos. That should have been the episode <laughs> title. It should have, shouldn't it? Uh, yeah, they've got to head to Castillo San Felipe de Barajas and search the catacombs for their next clue. And there's only one thing of note in this entire task, which is, of course, Aaron freaking out. What about their uh, failed chest bump at the start of the round? <laughs> yes. I mean, that's a good sign that they chose to be in the entertainment uh, industry rather than the pro sports industry. Yeah, they need some lessons from Chester and Ephraim on how to do a proper chest bump. Was that a pun with chest? No, it wasn't, actually. They just had to be two NFL players who would probably know how to pull off a chest bump. But the more interesting teams are the teams who are married to NFL players, Logan. Yes, and the luxuries that come along with being married to these NFL players. <laughs> and once teams found their clue in the catacombs, it's the detour, which is tickets or Tejo. And in tickets, teams must board a bus and convince enough people to buy tickets for the day at 1,800 pesos each to earn 20,000 pesos in total, which they can then exchange for the next clue. And in Tejo, teams must play Colombia's national sport, throwing rocks at explosives. Once they explode three targets, they receive their next clue. And... Caution, unaired, blind, double, triple, heart-stopping, mega-hyper-super U-turn ahead. And I was really disappointed that racers actually spoiled this, because I knew that this was a, an unaired U-turn leg. I wanted to be the one to say it. But yes, it was an unaired, blind, double U-turn leg, apparently. What? Did you not know this? No. Really? Awesome, I get to actually tell someone this. Yeah, I'm, I'm, I'm lying here thinking, what the hell is he talking about? I can't believe I actually get to tell someone this. Yeah, it was a blind double U-turn leg, and nobody used it, apparently, because all the teams were far apart and nobody knew who was where. I don't know if it was so much that they were far apart, it's just that in these legs where it's the second leg taking place within the same city, it just seemed like the first couple route markers were just really quick, so you don't really have much time to see other teams around you. And I guess that partially contributed to why nobody used it, uh, along with the fact that it seems like there's a lot of mass coalitions going on as we've seen over these first three episodes yeah i do believe that in the preview for this season someone did say that all the u-turns would go unused because nobody would want to ruin their public image so far we're one for one Mm, wonder who that person was um so has this ever happened before have they ever not shown a u-turn season 15 oh yeah with lance and carrie 
Oh, okay. They U-turned Sam and Dan, who were ahead of them, I believe. And that was also a blind U-turn. Didn't another one go unaired in Amazing Race 13? Um, Logan is correct. Uh, 13 did have an unaired U-turn uh, in the second Russia leg, the one with the infamous marching. Yay, I was right. One gold sticky star for Logan. <laughs> when, when was the last unused U-turn? Because I was thinking, last season all three U-turns were used. Amazing um, Race Canada 3, both U-turns were used. Season 26, both were used. Uh, were, the, were both used in Amazing Race 25? Singapore was definitely used. Because <laughs> yeah, I'm thinking, it seems like it's been a really long time since a U-turn went unused overall. The last unaired U-turn was actually in Canada 2. And I actually mentioned it on our podcast for it. Because it was in Hong Kong. And that's why Natalie and Megan used their Express Pass to try and get ahead of it. Because they thought if they are behind, they will get U-turned. Right. So yeah, that's a that's a lot of seasons to play out. Because that would mean that would involve you know Amazing Race in Australia three, and then season what would that be? Season twenty five through to the present. Yeah, twenty five had half of one of theirs on air in Morocco, which was Keith and Whitney using it on Shelley and Nisa who were ahead of them. Right. But the last actual full U turn board to be unused and unaired was uh, in Canada too. I had a conversation right before we started recording this about whether the Musvote U-turn would have worked for this, and I said no, because they'd all have just ganged up on Cameron and Darius, who were last, probably. It wouldn't have made any difference. The It would have got used, but it would have just been really uncomfortable for everyone. Yeah, just to pretty much just kick them while they're down. I must say that it's kind of like going back to Aaron freaking out in the caves. Yeah, besides the amusing editing with the fading trumpet montage and the and the heartbeat uh, sound effect. Uh, it's kind of funny that Mason Race rarely goes into caves, and in two of the first three episodes, Aaron has to go into a cave. That's just horribly uh, mean by the producers. No, it's actually good. You know what? If people are going to write down that they're afraid of things, they really have to understand that the producers are going to make them do them. And if Kurt and Brody don't win at Teho, they'll get some Twitter hate, apparently, because all they do is throw. If only the targets, uh, when you throw a frisbee, would explode when, he, when you uh, land it correctly. Oh. <laughs> How loud were they? They were louder than the banging of the rocks. <laughs> I loved that the editors kept in that bit where, um, where Brody said, Oh yeah, Kurt used to be just shouting a lot. I'm like, yeah, you guys know what we're talking about a lot. Just keeping those sort of slightly snarky things. <laughs> and in my favourite recurring segment of the season, this week in Things Not To Say Around Your Father, I'll put on a show. I'll twerk. Oh, Blair, you are a star. Like, the Gary and Mallory comparisons have to end here. Mallory did not make comments like that in any of her seasons. Mallory's fourth time on The Amazing Race, she opens up with a sex tape joke. I don't think that's going to happen. <laughs> I'll put on a show. I'll twerk. <laughs> oh, Donna. Donna? Or Dana, as they say in America. Um, oh, my gosh. Seriously? What is wrong with her? Why is she having a go at him so much? I mean, she did long throws on the, the challenge initially, and he's just trying to give her some direction, and... She, she's, she had a go at him before that. I think before they even got there. She needs to chill. And this detour, despite being a bit lopsided in terms of difficulty, 
It had some fun moments. I mean, the Cartagena fist pump was awesome. Um, and Bezos for Pesos obviously is one of the greatest things in a while. Yeah, Bill, McD- Bill McDaniels from the Mole 2 would be very proud, you know, just to offer kisses in exchange for money. You can't say that and then not give them. I mean, seriously. Claire, at least at least Brooke and Claire had followed through on what they proposed. <laughs> Blair, Blair did not. <laughs> at least give a kiss on the cheek. I mean, seriously, you can't. Those men were running onto that bus. <laughs> I loved how every time we saw Scott and Blair doing that detour, it was just like 50 more people came on the bus. <laughs> they only needed like 11 to get the, uh, to get the requirement. I like how she tried to get Scott to get in on this, and he said, "No, no, it's the the kiss blowing is all you." Do you think that Scott is so unbelievably used to this sort of inappropriate comment from her? He just doesn't he he doesn't bat an eye at anything. Like even during the roadblock, he just you know he just moseys along. Like it's like he's seen some things, man. He is not phased <laughs> at all by his daughter saying quite silly, fun things. And this is not a knock on Blair at all. She's awesome. And I have said this quite publicly a few times now. Blair is probably my favourite racer this season. Just because she has no qualms about saying these things in front of her father. The first thing we see of her is making a sex tape joke. Which I'm very surprised that the editor kept in, may I point out. And they keep they keep all these sexual innuendos in all throughout the first three episodes, which is kind of surprising. Like, this is going to be Blair's legacy for however long she lasts in the season. It's just going to be a bunch of inappropriate sound bites that are, that are inevitably going to be all mashed together for a compilation on YouTube. Would I do? Oh, yeah. Yeah, I would. You're right. <laughs> and we also had the glorious moment of Erin babbling to all her passengers in English and them not knowing what she was saying at all. Erin was probably happy that uh, neither of the detour tasks involved uh, involved her having to keep her word and chopping off her left arm. She didn't have to. She didn't have to go through with that. She's probably happy about that. And. This week, in destroying Logan's winner pick, Zach and Rachel leave their bus without getting all the money because they've misread the money. Tens, uh, you know, I mean, a one is as as it goes back to what Cole said. I mean, you know, a one is or a one is just a ten without a zero at the end. If only Cole passed along this message to Rachel, uh, there wouldn't be this issue. And uh, it was just hilarious too with how. Like, with the remarks that Zach said, if most people said him, it would come off as really mean and sarcastic. But the way he said it made him come off as such a nice guy with saying things like, oh, Rachel, the, the money's different here. Like, if I said that, there would be everyone would just think I was trying to be a complete jerk. Be like, oh, Rachel, the money's different here, you dick. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> and you're the CFO of our company. You've been demoted. So, Kurt and Brody are the first to leave Say Home with, yeah, in second. Uh, Bernie and Ashley in third. Dana and Matt in fourth. Uh, Brittany and Jessica in fifth. And Sherry and Cole in sixth. Cameron and Darius in seventh. Erin and Jocelyn leave tickets in eighth with Scott and Blair in ninth and Zach and Rachel in last. And teams must f- now find the Calle San Juan de Dios and find a marked vendor to receive their next clue. I must say that Cam and Darius definitely chose the right detour option in this situation. That's how you make up close to two hours of time. Yeah. 
I must say that seeing Dana and Matt bicker at the detour with Tejo was rather entertaining. I like that even with the people who are supposed to be focused on their public image, we still get a bit of bickering. Just play your game. Just play your game. I know my hopes were horrendously low for this season in terms of inter-team bickering and intra-team bickering, but it's it's weird. I After three episodes, I really can see that the producers are trying to make this a good season, but the casting just is a bit off to me. Did you see uh, David Binley's article online? It got published on Reality Blurred. I did, yeah. Yeah, if you do read Reality Blurred, then look for the confessional blog by David Bindley, friend of the podcast, um, about why this is a not good idea for a season. I mean, Dave is a little bit negative at times anyway. I'm sure he would admit that. But, yeah, he's right. There's just something a little bit off about the casting this season. I don't know whether CBS forced them into doing a social media season, but I don't know whether it's because we've had a few run-ins with the teams already, but there's just something off with the casting this season for me. They're just not playing off of each other. Like With this season, it's a bit weird, because it's like the other All-Star editions where there's a lot of pre-game bonds slash like loose friendships You know where they somewhat know each other, so these mass coalitions uh, are bound to happen like you see in other returning seasons. So possibly the fact that they're all together and they're from the same limited community that they just don't play off of each other as well as a season that's full of complete strangers that are try that are get, that get to know each other throughout the course of the race. For the first time ever, I am actually going to say this, even in all stars and in inverted commas, the U-turns were still used. We didn't have an unused U-turn. That is true. Granted everyone was everyone had something against Leo and Jamal for two seasons in a row it seemed like. Yeah, but still, the U-turns got used, so it's just weird. It's I said this in the preseason, it's a cast that is too afraid of pissing off their fans and being portrayed as assholes because it loses their money that they don't think to U-turn each other. Like, had Cameron and Darius used the U-turn, which they could have, there were three teams behind them. They could have saved themselves on this leg had they U-turned any of the teams who'd gone to tickets. They would have saved themselves. I mean, they were only seconds behind. They were less than a minute behind Zach and Rachel, as we saw on the show. So they could have taken matters into their own hands, but instead they chose not to do anything. I wonder if they'll use the U-turns later on in the season, though. I don't think they will. I said this pre-season, I don't think any U-turns will get used, and I think it will mean that season 29, which it's looking positive that we might get now, will have some sort of U-turn twist. Whether that's the most about U-turn or not, that'll be awesome, but I'm not sure. I read something interesting online, though. Um, one of the run the racers posted, I forget who, but... Uh... They said that the other reason why the uh, the U-turn, the blind, the double blind U-turn wasn't used, is because unlike uh, some of the past contestants, um, they were completely unaware of the fact that you could use an infinite number of blind U-turns. So they didn't know that it wasn't just oh you use it right now, then you can't use it down the road. Well, to be fair, the blind U-turn rule wasn't publicized until 
Mike and Roe told us last May. That is true. And even even up until I up until the what this cast uh, confirmed it, people didn't believe us that that was indeed the rule. <laughs> so in summary, what the this cast should have done is actually listen to us last season or the season before, because they would have learned things. They're a loss. <laughs> anyway, uh, once teams get to the marks vendor, it's a roadblock, which is who's left holding the bag. And in this roadblock, one team member must choose a bag and then search the streets of Old Cartagena for two more bags by the same designer at Mark's stalls, then return to the original stall to exchange them for the next clue. And it's Kurt, uh, him, Ashley, Dana, Jessica, Cole, Erin, Darius, Scott, and Zach doing the roadblock. I'm going to be a girl. How nice are those bags? <laughs> They're so cute. The colours Designer are nice. bags. That's what we have you here for, Michelle. <laughs> <laughs> no, I'm not a huge bag person, as you can see. You know, I'm I'm extolling the virtues of a cloth bag, but um, it's re- uh, cute, cute colours and stuff. I, I wonder if no, they couldn't keep one. I would have wanted to keep one somehow and take it with me. They might very well have been able to buy one. <laughs> oh yeah. Actually, after I gave the editors a lot of credit last last week for uh, giving us start times and. All that sort and a full intro. We haven't had any money. Give us the damn money amounts. Oh yeah. I've just realised. Come on, guys, play the game. I guess teams are either very well off in how much money they get at the start of each round, or it just hasn't been relevant whatsoever. See, it's going to be really interesting in a few weeks, actually, because this has been confirmed now. They're going to Switzerland, and Switzerland is the most expensive country in the world for anything. They wanted like. £32 for breakfast, I think it was each, which is something like $50. Dear Lord. And that was in a hotel. Was it at least breakfast in bed, Michael? It was not, no. <laughs> you had to actually get your ass out of bed and get it. It wasn't even Jeez. good breakfast. We ended up not buying it, obviously. But yeah, Switzerland next week, going to be very expensive. So please tell us how much money they get for taxes and stuff, because it's going to be a bundle. Maybe they'll just have to eat at McDonald's. And... With this roadblock, uh, all the leading teams didn't seem to have much trouble with it, but the teams that were already trailing were the ones who had a huge, huge amount of difficulty. It seemed like this round almost spelled out who's likely going to go to the end of the season and who's very likely going to be the next batch of teams to be eliminated. Do you think that um, that was because of the lack of light? But, I mean, it didn't get dark till it seemed like there was still a good 20 to 30 minutes of daylight left uh, when Scott and uh, Scott and Aaron started the roadblock. This is a complete guess. I could be way off. But it seemed like they had a reasonable amount of daylight to try and search around. But, yeah, when once darkness falls, then, yeah, it's probably made slightly more difficult. But it seemed like they were just wandering around aimlessly. Like, even when Aaron finished the task, she didn't even... She was willing to let... Uh, uh, Scott finished the task too, just so she could have a map to guide her to uh, the starting point for the vendor. And even during daylight, uh, uh, Cole had a really tough time finding his his bags, which ended up being an unaired uh, penalty. Yeah, even well, I, I was going to talk about this in a bit, but I originally thought, oh no, they're going to be giving Aaron and Jocelyn a villain edit again because they did a couple of weeks ago, mm-hmm. and then they just sort of slightly defended it. 
and we did actually have a question kind of on that subject, which is from Max Frazier, who says, I'm curious if the leg really did span from morning until nightfall. If so, I feel really bad for the vendor who had to stick stick around for the stragglers to finish collecting baskets. I wonder if catering is provided for local participants, greeters on The Amazing Race. No, they just starve. <laughs> or she had that guy sitting beside her. He probably ran off and got things. Well, they do get money for that, but I suspect that probably the production who will have been around to give the lady a nod of whether she can give them the clue or not, they probably would have provided her with something. She might have been told to bring a pat lunch, but they'll have provided her with drinks or something. Actually, they probably just brought over the fish, the leftover fish that uh, that Scott and Blair left on the sand of the beach from the previous leg and just gave that to the vendors who were waiting around. No, they gave, they gave them the fish scales that were offered to the dog at the start of the episode. Oh yeah, that's true. And we find out that Kurt also speaks Spanish. Yeah. And we're reminded that Jocelyn does. He's got game. And Erin does not. So was that just an editor's joke in leg one saying, pointing out that Jocelyn can speak Spanish just so they can have a roadblock in leg three where they kind of need to speak Spanish and Erin can say, oh, Jocelyn would have been better at this. It is definitely one of those subtle multi-episode jokes that editors love to throw in into the Amazing Race. And Jessica and Cole team up, and Jessica finishes all of hers while Cole still only has one. Do you really need me around, Cole? I mean, I I can stick with you, but do you really need me to keep Mm -hmm. up with you, or can I I just make sure I'm not dead last? (laughs) Hint. (laughs) I mean, I I can, I can stay around if you want. I I can I can do that. But do do you really need me to stick around? Are you sure, Cole? <laughs> That's why Cole couldn't concentrate on finding the bags. <laughs> and Scott and Erin do team up briefly, but Erin then runs off and comes back, and then runs off again, and then comes back. Yeah. Uh, but Kurt is the first to finish the roadblock with he who shall not be named in second. Ashley in third, Dana in fourth, Jessica in fifth, Cole in sixth, Arian in seventh, Darius in eighth. Uh, no, sorry. Darius finishes in eighth, but he doesn't read the clue about where the finishing point is, leading Scott to leave in eighth, with Zach in ninth, and Cameron and Darius leaving in last. And teams must now head to the Baloete de Santiago, the pit stop for this leg of the race. The last team to check in here may be eliminated. So, is it just me? Or did it seem like Cam and Darius weren't running around as hard as they could have, especially Darius during the roadblock? He seemed very casual about the whole situation. Mm. Yeah, I thought that too. I think they kind of knew they were going to be out. <laughs> but I mean, they got when he was. I mean, at one point there was like three other teams around, and they like I didn't even think he would just go to the vendor and then just walk away and go on an aimless chase. I even wrote down my notes saying, oh, Darius finishes this in seventh. They uh, make up time and survive the round. But then when he walks away, I, I just thought, oh, come on, he's not going to be stuck for that long. But it just seemed like from from the footage that we were shown that he was just sort of meandering around the, around the plaza. Well, the thing is, there would have been at least one producer probably sat opposite that fender. There would have been producers stationed around there, and that is the massive clue of where you need to go for a clue. Every time. If production isn't there, you don't need to be, is what I would say. And another question I saw online that popped up quite a bit is, oh, uh, 
is people asking if Cam and Darius were just already sick of being on the race. I don't know if that's the case or if they or if Darius just sort of got frustrated and stumped by the whole roadblock. Yeah, I we've talked about their lack of intensity is a good word. Their lack of intensity mm-hmm. in terms of competitive drive. I think they have said in the past that they're not the most competitive people in the world. So I don't know whether it just plays into that. It would be sort of like my uh, like who, who they remind me of someone would be like somebody like my brother who is you know who is a super smart guy but he has trouble you know tapping into that intensity whenever he does any sort of gaming and other activities so I could I can just see Cam and Darius being similar to that where they just can't tap into that aggressive gameplay nature basically the complete opposite of me <laughs> yes. <laughs> Bless Logan for under- underestimating my competitiveness when he's played against me on Splatoon and seen my trash talking on Twitter. And I lose every time. Almost every time. I've won a few few games. My favourite thing is when you log back on and just see the tweets that I've been tagging you in. <laughs> yes. And just like, yeah, suck on that, Logan. Suck on that. Logan sucks at Splatoon. He's still using the roller. I do think my favourite one was uh, L- Logan demonstrating the favourite the favorite weapon of level 4s everywhere, the roller. At least I'm good at the octopus minigame. Yeah, I'm proud of you for that. And yes, listeners, these guys like playing games. Michelle, <laughs> do not shit on video games. <laughs> I'm not. I'm not. I'm just, just, I remember when I first started trying to have a go at them and I was just so bad at them. I was like... I can't even try. Do so, not yeah, dare I gave up. insult I gave up. video games. <laughs> no, it's okay. It's okay. You're safe, Michael. You're safe. Hey, I wanted to ask a question. Oh, God. I don't know yes. who it was. It was a girl, and I don't know which girl it was, but they read the uh, pit stop um, clue, and it said, last team may be eliminated or die. Who said that? Erin and Jocelyn, Aaron? I think, yeah. yeah. It sounds like the sort of thing I they laughed. would say. I laughed. I thought it was good. That's where that left arm is going to come into play, I guess, was at the pit stop. And Zach and Rachel go to the wrong place. How's your winner pick coming along, Logan? My winner pick? Oh, um, <laughs> I don't know. I, my preseason winner pick, I don't quite remember how who I picked or anything. It's not, it's not really important, Michael. I, th- I, think we can, I think we can just skip over that. I think I had them in top three. I can't remember. I'd have to listen to the whole podcast again. And just out of interest, I was reading your editing blog yesterday, Logan. Yes. Who did you say was the second that was the second most likely <laughs> team to win from edi- an editing perspective, Logan? Uh, In case anyone didn't uh, know, Logan put Cameron and Darius, who <laughs> came tenth place oh, last week and you. tenth place this week, as the second most likely team to win. Looking at it from an editing perspective, jerk, Michael. That, 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 that wasn't meant for the public. Logan, you write these things. Do you really think A, I don't read them, and B, I won't mention them when you get something horrendously wrong? Everybody has their Malias moments. Yeah, you led me astray on Malias, but you know, still get your asses on the pool. Suck at that. Uh, so the first team to check in is Kurt and Brody, and even the greeter joined in on the one celebration. <laughs> the greeter was awesome. And did you happen to notice what was included in the prize package, Michelle? Um, gosh, no. It was. I a... know. I know. Do you know? Can I, can I say it? I suppose yeah, you can. Because his hands up. His hands up, teacher. Yeah. Yeah. So- <laughs> Saunders. <laughs> 
to make up for your terrible uh, predictions with Cameron and Darius for this. He, they went, Kurt and Brody went a trip to Greece and included... Oh, yes, yes, two, yes but he didn't say it properly. It's two spots. <laughs> yes. He didn't, he didn't have the length on the word. It was very quick. Every time the spa is mentioned in a prize package, Michelle goes, spa! Perhaps spa. it's because it was plural. If it was plural, maybe he shortens the spa sound. Like yes. every other time, it's always singular. Like, oh, you've on a trip to a spa. But uh, this time, it was he said two spas, so maybe you just shorten the A sound a little bit. It's Kiwi linguistics at play. <laughs> And, yeah, second place, whatever. Uh, third was Bernie and Ashley. Fourth was Dana and Matt. Fifth was Brittany and Jessica. Sixth was Sherry and Cole. Seventh was Erin and Jocelyn. Eighth was Scott and Blair. Ninth was Zach and Rachel. And coming in last was Cameron and Darius, who were the second team eliminated from the race. So they're not they're not the second most likely to win anymore? They're not, Logan, no. This is one <laughs> of your better predictions, I would say. It's too bad that, I mean, I really like Cam and Darius going into the season. I like them through the first two episodes. So it's tough to see the first two exits be Marty and Hagen, uh, followed by Cam and Darius. On paper, it's going to look like they they had no chance to survive this round because it was all stuck in the same city. But they made up all this time, and there's a double-blind double, double blind U-turn at their disposal. And then Darius, you know, kind of messed up at the roadblock and... Seemed like neither Cam nor Darius had any uh, major coalitions going on during the game, except for maybe with Marty and Hagen, but they're gone, so they were essentially left on their own. So they just had all these oppor- opportunities and chances to survive, and unfortunately, it didn't quite work out the way they wanted to. Do you think it's possible for this season to have a worse boot order than Canada 3? The thing is, is that with Canada 3, the people that, you know, that went home early were amazing and incredible characters, like really high standard of casting that ended up being eliminated in the first half of Canada 3. But here with with this season, you don't have quite that high a bar in terms of casting. So it's not it's not quite as brutal of a blow each week when uh, when one of your favorite teams from this season gets eliminated. Uh, yeah, so next time we get airport selfies, love is in the air. Bench work, trains, and hiding from other teams. And it's Switzerland again. Yay! We've not had Switzerland for a while. When was the last Switzerland uh, visit with that? That was season 22? 24 visited, because that was the greeter who looked like Bertram. Oh, yes, 24. Yep. <laughs> right. What was it? Do you not remember, remember that, Michelle? He, he, looked, he was the spitting image of Bertram, who was the guy who created the Amazing Race. Yes, I know. I'm going to have to go back and look now. Wouldn't it be good if they did have Bertram on sometime? Or Elise? You know, something different. Bertram is Dutch, isn't he? I think. So he should have been the uh, the Hague greeter last season. <laughs> so, Logan, what is your terrible prediction for next week? Prediction for next week? Oh, well, seeing how they're going to Europe, everyone's going to be equalised, so we could see a bit of a surprise, but I have a feeling that Dane and Matt... Um, and uh, Kurt and Brody are probably going to be a safe for a long time. Like these three episodes have really reinforced just how strong these three teams are. And uh, Bernie and Ashley sort of uh, hover, hovering around the middle or being near the top. So I think those four teams are fairly solid. And I think next week, with how under-edited Jessica and Brittany have been, 
that we're probably going to see them go next, or possibly Aaron and Jocelyn. Aaron Jocelyn said it still hasn't exactly uh, picked up quite as much. Uh, and we had a question from Kurt Retchell who says, do you think any of the teams will become breakout villains, and if so, who? At this point, it looks like a season of friendly teams. Even the U-turn didn't get used this past episode. By the way, I don't consider one team member mm. being bossy to their partner as being a villain. Oh, don't talk to me, Kurt. Go go back in your own world and just let me live my life. We don't want any of your questions. <laughs> we do really, Kurt. Please keep sending them in. <laughs> I don't think anyone will be a villain. No, this season is kind of destined to not have any villains and just be kind of an eh season. Cam was not going to be diplomatic, but he's gone, so nobody's there to fill that role. The tree, the tree that nearly clipped uh, Aaron and Jocelyn on the bus, that might be the closest thing to a villain that we have so far. Yeah, it's getting a villain at it. <laughs> and Anthony Williams says, Why are second legs in the same city always a bit eh? Because it's the same city, and everything just takes place within a span of a few hours. Like, I bet you Curtin Brody, like that whole leg, I bet you only took him like, I don't know, about five hours to do from start to finish. It's because there's no traveling. There's just no, not enough traveling and problems with transport. You just go into a taxi and you just go over to the next task, and then, I mean, there's just the two tasks as well as... Uh, as well as walking on foot to a pit stop nearby. So it seemed like, like with the Amazing Race, it's a race around the world. And if you're just stuck in the same city again, either just riding taxis or going on foot, that world becomes very, very small. We have had some good second legs in, a, in the same city, though. I mean, that Agra wedding leg last season was pretty good, with the balloon popping. Tiffany and Krista <laughs> might disagree with that leg being a fun just putting that out there. Um, and there was one more question from Anthony. And he says, if nobody was prepared to blind U-turn, does that make the regular one a bit redundant? And yeah. Yes. <laughs> the whole reason they introduced a blind U-turn this season was to try and actually cause some trouble and it didn't work. I mean, if it's blind, why didn't they do it? I don't understand. I don't... Uh, get some gumption. Don't hate the game, hate the players, or... Or, uh, actually, I don't even know what to hate in this situation. <laughs> so, anything else to say about this, like? Nope. Yeah. Columbia, yay or nay for the Amazing Race? Yay, because at least we didn't hear Waka Waka this time for Africa over the credits, which we have discussed uh, on a previous podcast as being the worst World Cup song ever. Kate, you are saying that K9... Or Kanan uh, ranks much higher than Shakira when it comes to World Cup songs. Yes, master. And there was no cocaine. There was no cocaine-related tasks. I know that angered a lot of viewers that they didn't make any sort of cocaine joke while in Colombia, along with any Shakira references or Sofia Vergara references, for that matter. So, thank you for listening to this UR Team Number podcast. You can join us next week to recap episode four of this season. If you've got any questions, feel free to contact us on our Facebook page, Reality TV Warriors, on our Twitter account, at RTV Warriors, or on our own Twitter pages, at MJ Helmstone for me, at Logsipkoki for Logan, and at Bear333333 for Michelle. Bye. Bye. Hashtag 250, hashtag Columbia, hashtag Cocaine, hashtag Shakira, hashtag RTV Warriors. Peace.